Welcome to Make It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will have an inspiring guest tell their story of overcoming obstacles, never settling, and making it happen. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. So grab a coffee. Hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go. Okay, so we are live. We are on episode number 25, 6 or 7. I've lost count at this stage, but uh, welcome to Make It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. I'll be your host, um, and I'm delighted to say our next guest is Kareem Mustafa, an Egyptian entrepreneur living in Dublin, co-founder of Tribe Tactics, a monthly subscription service that helps businesses build their own original video series and repurpose each existing episode into tons of social content across video, audio, written, and image. I'm really looking forward to talk about that stuff. He's also the author of the book, Original Series, How to Create Binge-Worthy B2B Content That Drives Revenue. If you're dyslexic like me, B2B means business, business to business for those people listening. And he's previously a partner marketing consultant at HubSpot helping our agency partners grow revenue through inbound marketing and inbound sales strategies. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me, Tom. Honored to be here. And I hope that introduction did you justice, my man. Um, I, I suppose, Kareem, if we're to go back, I kind of start with most of our guests just to go back to their start of their journey in childhood. You're, it mentions here you're an Egyptian entrepreneur. Did you, grow, did you start living in Dublin? Did you come originally from Egypt? Could you explain your background? Yeah, for sure. And uh, first of all, yeah, thanks for for the awesome intro. Like I, uh, I had to go back in my memory to think that, that these things actually happened. But uh, you definitely made me uh, look pretty good. So I really appreciate you for that. Um, I think, yeah, like I just answer your question. Uh, I'm 100% Egyptian. I'm just living in Ireland at the moment. I've been here for the last, um, yeah, nine, nine years or so. I've been saying that I've been here for the last eight years for about a year. So it's probably nine years at this stage. And uh, yeah, I grew up in Egypt. And, um, you know, from there, my family was kind of traveling around the world. So I, you know, I was, I was part of that journey, just kind of going to different countries and, and things like that. Um, so I did, I was born in Egypt, I grew up in Egypt for a little bit. But then uh, beyond that, I, you know, my childhood and kind of my teenage years were spent, spent across like different countries. Um, ending up ending up in uh, in Ireland then it's been yeah as I said almost a decade and uh, this is really home for us these days you know great and uh, Kareem did your your business bug or entrepreneurial bug did that come from your mother father or your surroundings or where did that come from the the book itself no the bug the entrepreneurial bug oh sorry the- I beg your pardon I'm sorry um the entrepreneurial bug comes I think I think it just came from my um, I'll tell you, a, I'll tell you a story about this that, that not a lot of people know beyond my, beyond my wife, <laughs> which is that, uh, when I was five years old, uh, my father, uh, I blame him and slash thank him for this. Um, you know, he, he basically, uh, it was my birthday. Okay. When I turned five and he got me a Lego set, you know, happy days. Um, the only thing is that the Lego set that he got me was, uh, I think it was aged, um, ages like eight or nine or something like that. And I was five. And, um, you know, as you might imagine, you know, for, for really, really young kids, like age five versus age eight or nine, like there's a monumental difference between that. And basically I, you know, I think it was like a helicopter set or something like that. And basically I struggled with building that. Um, I started crying. I was like, 
this is a terrible gift. You know, I, I don't know how to play with this. I'm not enjoying myself. And he basically told me, no, like, go in and try again. Um, I think you'll figure it out. He might have given me like a couple of hints. And ultimately, I was able to figure out like that Lego thing. And, it, you know, I, I think I always go back to that story because ever since then, I've always, um, you know, I, I've always like been in a position where I wanted to, to see like what, what more I could do beyond, let's say, what was the, the norm, so to speak. So, I mean, um, and, and sometimes to my own detriment. So like a perfect example of that would be when I was 14 years old, I was like a hardcore gamer. I enjoyed games so much. I was like, you know what? I want to freaking build a game. And I decided to, and I was playing online games and things like that. And I realized um, that being a game developer is extremely difficult. After two or three years, I ultimately uh, gave up. But I mean, it, you know, it, it, it just something that it was just something that carried on throughout my life. Where if I'm at a certain stage, I always looked around. You know, I was always curious to figure out, like, okay, well, what else is possible to uh, to to do? And I mean, um, fast forwarding to kind of like the last couple of years. Um, I uh, I started uh, after after college or like in the final years of college I graduated from uh, from DIT or TUD uh, as it's called today. Um, you know I tried getting an internship. Uh, nobody would hire me. Um, I even tried to get a free internship. Um, uh, at one point I was ready to pay to do free work. Uh, none of those worked really in my favor, to be honest with you. And so I, out of desperation, I thought, you know what? Well you know, why don't I actually go and start, you know, um, company. And this company was called Tribe Foodie. Um, and it was basically like a restaurant uh, marketing kind of um, uh, solution that helps restaurants, you know, make more money and helps guests get a more kind of VIP experience. Um, I think after the whole, the whole year was over and we made a grand total of a thousand euros, um, my entire team quit on me because they were all uh, much more smarter, much more uh, older, I think so. So even like in the stages of their, I was in my early 20s, they were all like, um, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Basically, they're, um, they're very, very serious people. They're looking for proper, obviously, careers and what have you. And I wasn't able to provide that. So out of desperation, I had to go get my first real job. Um, and then, yeah, after, after spending a few years in, in corporate life, I couldn't help but just go back to that entrepreneurial, uh, you know, side of things. Because ultimately, there's... It definitely is a bug, exactly as you described it, Tom. And you know, there's no alternative for it. I, I really think of it as a gift and a curse because I, I don't see myself doing anything else. Um, but that's not to say that entrepreneurship is for everyone, because I could spend hours talking to you about all the disadvantages of entrepreneurship, as well as obviously the things that are unique about it. And Kareem, when we talk about you were did a lot of traveling around when you were younger. What was studying like, or did you have a pathway of what you wanted to study or go to college? Yeah, so, um, okay, so basically, like, I, I would spend, um, it was quite interesting, actually, because even, like, if you look at, like, primary school, that was, like, split up between, like, two or three different countries, which, which had its benefits. I think for, from an outside view, it sounds awesome. And it was, of course, you know, great to kind of see different places and things like that, um, you know, but in the same time, you know, again, at, a, at such a young age, like you build these friendships and then your, your foundation or your core kind of group of friends, how, you have to change that every like couple of years. So, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm sad to say I don't have any like quote unquote old friends. I just have great family and great relatives. And, you know, all my old friends are, the, are really the ones from the last 10 years before, before that, um, you know, everyone kind of went their separate way and things like that. But 
you know, in terms of in terms of like me wanting to study something, I've always wanted to study music. And my family told me, you know what, like you'll either be like an amazing star or you'll end up on the streets. Most likely, um, you know, you won't be able to to make it that far. So why don't you just keep it as a hobby? And I uh, decided to go for marketing because that's the um, I heard that that's creative, and so I ended up, you know, just going for that because I was ultimately just looking for something creative or something, um, you know, that you can kind of express yourself while you're doing it. And Kareem, so when the, let's say the first business didn't work with the tri- food tribes or tribe foods, is it? Yeah, tribe foodie. Yeah, yeah. Tribe foodie. Um, you dusted yourself off. That's when corporate life came calling, is it? Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I, I didn't really, uh, I think d- dusting myself off would be, uh, would be a great way to put it. Um, I, I was on a visa over here and I'm, I'm, I'm still the holder of an Egyptian passport. Um, so if I didn't figure something out, I get to go back to, to Egypt, which, uh, the opportunities are not half as, as, as amazing as the ones in Ireland. Um, you know, and so, um, you know, like I, to tell you the truth, like I just wanted to get any job, you know, and, uh, the job I found was in, uh, was in, in LinkedIn and, um, they wanted somebody to work in customer support who speaks, uh, the language. So Arabic in, the, in, this, in that case. And I was like, yep, I'll do that. It's not what I went to college for, but yeah, sure, I'll do it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much how I, how I got started. So it was me uh, kind of, and I, think I, I think that's why I did all right in the interview because I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I was still fuming about how the startup didn't work. And so I was just going in, you know, not really realizing that this is a new, um, yeah, like a, not really realizing that this is like a new job or a new amazing opportunity. Um, and thankfully, like it, it worked out and I, I learned a lot, met a lot of great people there. And Green, when you were in that job, was it, I want to start my business and when I go home, I'm going to spend time and hours on this or what was happening during that time? Yeah, to be honest with you, um, so I was working in support um, and, you know, it's obviously busy enough, like you're working from like nine to half five or nine to six. Uh, but again, like just because, you know, maybe because I have no life or just because I'm just so interested in, in doing what I was passionate about, which is anything to do with marketing and more importantly, doing anything that at the end of the day, no matter how small it is, no matter how, how unimpressive it is, you get to say, you know what? Well, for what it's worth, I, I, I did this. I built this from scratch, at least. Um, so yeah, um, basically what I did is I set up a, uh, a one-man consultancy and my, uh, my brother, my younger brother, who's now our co-founder of Tribe Tactics, he uh, was nice enough to, to, to help me out with, with getting that set up. And we were basically operating man on just like one client. And, but it, it felt cool. It felt like, oh yeah, you know, we have our own business, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when in fact we just had one client um, and it was just like a marketing consultancy. So like social media posting, you know, um, uh, what else do we do? Um, yeah. Like taking photos, like stuff like that, you know? And so um, that was, that was, um, and, and th- there's more to it, but essentially like, yeah, it was just social media management. But uh, I think that experience kind of helped me get, uh, the next role, which was in HubSpot. And that was a marketing role, which was my first like official marketing job. And the questions they were asking me in the interview, um, like my experience was related. It was in a weird way. It was actually more related to the stuff I did 6 p.m. onwards, uh, as opposed to the stuff that I did in, in LinkedIn. You know what I mean? And Kareem, for that one client, were you and your brother shooting content, doing edits, creating video? What was what was the that like for you? Yeah, it was... Um, Honestly, it was just like, um, I'm just thinking because it was a couple of years ago now. I think it was just, um, 
you know, we, we met, uh, we met a client, uh, they had like a marketing need. And basically what we did was, um, we would take some of the footage and, and photos that they would have taken. And we'd mix that with stuff from our own side and basically put that into like a social media strategy. So we decide how to like deal with every piece of content. How do we make it work in the best way possible? And how do you put that into like an overall, uh, strategy so that more people can come up you know, can, can, can find out, you know, about the brand and uh, so on and so forth. Cool. And then did it just kick off or were you getting bored in HubSpot or were you like, I really want to go full time at something like this? Yeah. So basically, um, so, so, so I, we were doing this sort of like side hustle, if you want to call it that during my time in LinkedIn, 6 PM onwards. Um, and then when we got, when I got the job in HubSpot, I dropped all that and I just moved over. Cause I was like, Karim, like, this is what you wanted. You wanted the freaking job in marketing. Uh, that's, that's, that's what you, that's what you get. Um, and it's interesting because, um, when I, when I first did the, um, so, you know, when I first did the interview with, uh, with HubSpot, the first, I passed the first interview and they were like, oh yeah, you know, we can already tell you, you went on to the second stage and it's uh, six, I think it was like a six or seven stage interview process. Um, and after I've been passed on to the second stage, they told me, you know what, um, we're very, very sorry. Um, we should have paid attention to this, but um, we actually don't work with international uh, people, and and like like you know we don't work with um, with people who are not um, uh, EU sort of residents in terms of them having like the right visa and what have you. Uh, so please do in- stay in touch. Like we'll get back to you like in a couple of months if you're still interested and available. And I was like, yeah, right, whatever, you know. But sure enough, uh, and and props to to the guys, you know, and in, in, in HubSpot and the recruitment team. Like I think it was like five six months later. Uh, when I thought they forgot about me and the conversations, they said, Hey, like, are you still interested? And I'm like, yeah, I'm still where I am. Uh, so even though I started the process, it was only seven months later that I got that job. Um, but yeah, HubSpot was pretty much like the best kind of job that I've, the best corporate job that I've ever had. I've learned so much. Uh, and more importantly, like met a lot of amazing people that I'm still in touch with today. Uh, but yeah, Tom, as you were saying, like, I just felt, um, uh, I definitely, I, I did, I felt bored but i also felt like there's just so much out there that could be done um that that it's it's not about i don't like hubspot therefore i'm leaving it's more like okay things are going good but there's something so much better which is a totally separate track that i'm a lot more inclined to go to and best case scenario it works we start creating jobs worst case scenario um i just go back to getting a job you know yeah absolutely and like was there a struggle in the beginning when you stepped out on your own or like, did you have clients coming to you or was it a whole new business model to try and market and offer your services out? Yeah. So a really good question. Um, so I went from like X amount salary to like zero and then from zero into the negative, if you like. Um, and so, um, we, because, and again, just due to, 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 to maybe to like our, our stubbornness, which, which ended up being a, a decent thing, like at the end, um, we, we first set off saying, deciding that we wanted to do a marketing agency because in HubSpot, um, my job was to manage like agencies, give them, uh, just be a point of contact for them, uh, consult with them, uh, so on and so forth. So you could argue that, okay, marketing agencies is, is all that he knows, but because I knew the industry so well, I also knew that there's so many amazing agencies out there. I'm not going to come in and do a not yet another agency without necessarily having something different to offer. So I think we were a marketing agency for only like maybe two, three months, something like that before we decided, you know what, why don't we do something? Uh, so you might be familiar with this, but like 
instead of doing like a red ocean strategy, go for like a blue ocean strategy where you make the, um, the competition irrelevant or another, a nicer way to say it is, you know, you, you create your own category if you like. And so that's, that's what we tried our best to do, you know, like how do we create something cool that makes sense for people that they want to buy? And in the same time, it's not exactly an agency, but rather is, um, is a subscription box of sorts, really. And at this time, was it you and your brother or was it yourself and your own? It was, it was always me and him, yeah. So me and him, we started it off from, from day one, really, yeah. And like, how's that journey been? How long has it been going and like ups and downs? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. So, so he's my brother as well, you know, so, uh, or he's my brother first and foremost, you know, and, um, you know, like we, we, we've, we've struggled in the beginning trying to figure out, uh, as I think a lot of like, you know, family businesses like start off, you know, like you're always trying to, to, to be objective. You're always trying to separate, you know, the professional from the, uh, from the personal and you couldn't help but have the two get, get mixed up many times but now that we've been doing this for about i want to say like a year and a half now um we've, we've gotten really really good at like saying okay slack is for work and then whatsapp is for personal and uh and now and obviously because we have like more people on the team and things like that uh, it just makes it easier for us to get into that into that into that mode as such um but yeah like it's i, I think it's just something that that with time we just realize you know what um we have to keep motivating each other to be fully objective and um sometimes for example if 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 something doesn't go right um that i would speak to him as as a team member as opposed to my brother that i know since you know 26 27 years um so to keep things professional to keep things objective as such because ultimately that's how we all uh, move forward you know and kareem i'd love to just highlight I know I struggled with it. Um, I, I left full-time employment as a retail manager to go back to college and study fitness and nutrition and exercise. But that's a big deal. Like stepping away from a salary and a wage that's guaranteed. I'd love you just to highlight that because I think there could be people listening that maybe are in that position or have thought about it or have never gone or have never wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me about like getting a good wage off a company and then going, well, this there's no money coming in what's going to happen yeah yeah no it's uh it, it's the scariest thing ever and, and tom like you, you obviously know this like firsthand so um, i'm preaching to the choir here but ultimately like it's i used to think that you know everyone is trying to do a business they're just waiting for the opportune moment because because my kind of mindset or my worldview is like oh well, why wouldn't you want to do your own thing like that's clearly the best thing until i met my uh, uh my fiance who's now my my now wife you know um, and she's, she's the polar opposite in the, from, a, from a professional standpoint in the sense that she's built like an amazing career for herself and she has no intention or interest at all to, to really set off on her own because she's like, I love my team. I love, uh, you know, uh, that I'm able to, to like have bigger impact because I'm part of a bigger company, you know, so on and so forth. But for me, like this is, um, actually met her at, at my job in, in LinkedIn and, and, and she's still, she's still there. Um, but for me, it's, it's that same thing of like, oh, you mean I'm just going to be one of like a thousand people or several thousand people, like, um, or even for maybe for other people who are listening, like, I'm just going to be one of like hundreds of people or more importantly, I'm not setting this up. Uh, my, it's not something that I've created myself. I'm just writing off on some, some other CEO success and, you know, fair play to them, obviously, and some other, uh, management team success, um, but sorry, I went off on a tangent. I guess to, to, to answer your question, 
what I've realized ultimately is that starting something and going um, from, yeah, like X amount of like security to like pretty much no security is definitely not for everyone. And one thing I learned is that, you know, you should, you should definitely give it, put like a timeline on it because, um, and you can always go back and try again, but you should put a timeline on it, like call it three months, six months, even 12 months. But if you yourself are not happy with how things are going, or it's not really what you've expected, you can always go back to, to, to getting a job. And I used to think on a, on a very personal note, I used to think that this is a sign of like blatant, like failure, like, you know, you're going to go in to the next job interview with like your tail between your legs saying, you know, can I please have a job? This is my experience, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when in fact, you know what, like I've, you know, I've met a lot of people who've, who've done that. Um, and they're like some of the smartest people I know, some of the most like accomplished people I know, like, um, obviously with like COVID, like, you know, it, it's, an, it, it's, uh, can we, can we curse on the show or no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, it was, it was an insane, it's an insane time, obviously, you know, for, for a lot of people and, you know, some of the most, let's say strongest, most established companies, maybe some of the most strongest established roles, even everything got like fucking just turned on its head, you know, overnight seemingly. And it still continues to happen. Like even in the last couple of hours, the last couple of days, like there's always, it's literally unfolding as we speak at the time of this recording. Um, so, so I, I think it just taught me like humility that like, um, even though like, uh, again, like we're, we're happy with how things are going, like we're, we are growing as a company. We have every reason to stay and grow and not go back to getting jobs. Um, I do know that, you know, if push comes to shove, like this, this will be the only thing for me to do. And I also know that it would only be a temporary thing before I go back to, to doing that. So I think that the, like, you know, the, the thing that I've learned from all this experience, Tom, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well on it, um, is that, you know, it, it, it's definitely not for everyone. I used to be the guy who's like, hey, Tom, why don't you start your own thing? Hey, so-and-so, why don't you start your own thing? thinking that it's super exciting because it is and continues to be super exciting for me. Um, but now I've, as I've grown wiser or whatever, I just felt, I, I definitely know that it's not for everyone. Um, and I physically like lost, I don't know if you can see here, <laughs> I physically lost like some hair or for anyone listening, I did lose hair. Uh, don't, don't look at my photo. <laughs> uh, you know, so, so I mean, it, it's not for everyone, but like there is something about it that, you know, that, that you sort of get like a deep sense of meaning from that, that I can argue you can never get from anything else, you know? Oh yeah. It's um, like hundred percent agree with that. It's my, my personal opinion is the amount of peaks and troughs and highs and lows in business daily and being an entrepreneur or being a business person and chasing money or chasing sales or chasing the next lead or whatever it might be is there's so much amount of work that goes into it. And I think especially nowadays with social media, we just see the highlight reel. And everyone sees this glitz and the glam and all the positive, but I'm like, well, like they don't realize how many fucking doors people have knocked on or how many yep. reactions they've got or nose in the faces and just continue to grow. And especially even during these times, COVID, like no one is going unaffected during these times. Everyone, that's the big thing across the border is being affected. And I suppose, Kareem, just on that point, I try and answer my guests, especially any of the people that are on business wise, like, is there any negatives you don't like about being an entrepreneur or being a business owner? Yeah, I think it's, it's exactly what you were just talking about there. The, you know, the, that your, your job is that you have to hear no like 100, 200 times, like, you know, on a daily sort of weekly basis and, um, and, and, and to somehow trick yourself into realizing that this is not wrong. This is actually 
part of the process. So you're almost like, it's like you're wearing a green shirt and you're trying to convince yourself that it's a, that it's a blue shirt. Um, I don't know if that's a good analogy, but you know, ultimately the fact that you just face so much rejection. Um, and when you, when you cross through one sort of threshold, um, you know, they say more money, more problems or more growth, more problems, or you can say that the problems become more sophisticated. It's almost like playing a video game and uh, the monster you have to beat at the end is, is smarter. It's more sophisticated. Um, which is another thing I learned, like there's no such thing as, okay, work, 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 and then you'll be chilling for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, it, it's not so much that what you do learn, and you, you can probably uh, you definitely speak to that as well. You, you just start to build this sort of like resilience where, um, yes, you are more chilled out generally, but that's just because you've put in the reps and you've really um, figured out how to uh, weather, you know, all, all the adversities and what have you. And um, and over over time, you become uh, yeah numb or resilient to it in a, in a good way because it doesn't bother you as much. So um, yeah, so, yeah, and just it's funny on that you you mentioned the blue ocean. I took an out of it strategy of big. Uh, when I started my business, I have a corporate wellness business, and when I started my business uh, years ago, I would work with anyone, and I was like, get them in. Uh, I don't care what I'm charging them or what the price is. Just get them, get the name. I've worked with them X, Y, and Z. Whereas now I have a totally different perspective on it. I'm like, are they the right fit for the business? Mm-hmm. Even if I have a meeting, if I have a call, the first question I ask myself after that is like, are these the right fit? And do I want this going forward? Because sometimes less is more. Mm-hmm. And that's been a big eye opener over the last 12 months for me, especially. And and when, when was that when was that shift where you went from you know what anything goes to you know what we need to be more selective here when i built traction when i had testimonials and clients and people i was attracting the right people and you probably know this as well and like no one else wants to talk with this some clients are headaches like absolute headaches and no one wants to talk about it and say it. And some of them can be a pain in the ass and drag their heels on decision maker or whatever it might be. But then when you find like that fish, that blue fish or whatever that you're going for and they're a joy to work with and you can do your services to X, Y, and Z, that's what you try and attract, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. But I suppose you have to you have to go through and find the negatives in clients or business or sales to learn all that. Yeah, exactly. that's how you learn. Exactly. That's how you know what you, what you can put up with and what you uh, can, can do without really. And Kareem, just if, if there's any technophobes listening, if you were to explain tribe tactics, mm-hmm. basic form, what you guys do today, I know I gave an introduction to start, just run us through like what you guys do. Yeah, so it's very simple. Um, you know, we we can work with a company and help them turn an hour of their time into a full month of content. And the way that works is that we take the videos that they've already created. If not, we help them create these videos. We take each video, say it's a video podcast or um, a webinar or a talk show or what have you. So we take that and we chop that up into tons of smaller um, video snippets, but also audio, image, and, and written content. Uh, so that yeah, essentially they're creating one something once and they're getting like twenty or thirty x that in terms of the content pieces. Because ultimately, people love um, you know uh, binge watching like things in, in, in smaller increments. Um, it's just a bit um, you know it, it's just easier to consume. 
And in a weird way, you end up spending a lot more time with a brand in, in like minute by minute segments as opposed to like hour by hour segments. Um, yeah, so that, that's it in a nutshell. And Karim, do you use like, is there an industry you target or do you work with everyone? So uh, exactly for the reasons you mentioned earlier, uh, we don't work with everyone. We, we work where we find we can save people the most money or, or add the most value. And that's essentially uh, B2B tech software companies. Um, and basically those are people who are already creating videos. They already have expectations from the content they're creating. Um, already a lot of blood, sweat and tears went into it. And, you know, the full-time staff that they have are way too valuable for them to be doing all this mundane chopping and slicing and subtitling and what have you. Um, and so we've built our whole, our whole company around taking care of that thing that nobody else wants to do, but everyone recognizes is, is important for them. Yeah, brilliant. And Kareem, talk to me about the switching kind of topic now, the book. Where did that, like, I'm currently in the pro, I actually... If you can't see above my laptop, but I have a bit of a vision board there, the cover of my book, and I have the chapters splitting out what I want to do and stuff, and I'm working on it slowly but surely. Did you always feel you have a book in you, or is it always something you wanted to do, or talk to me about that? Um, that's a good question. We need to talk about your book after this, man. Um, I'm happy to share any, any, anything that I've, that I've learned. Um, I think the idea first came from uh, a really, really good friend of mine, her name is uh, Ileana uh, Stareva. She used to be in HubSpot and now she's in uh, Cisco. Um, but we know her as like just one of our, yeah, one of our best friends and she, uh, she was at our wedding, blah, blah, blah. Um, but one of the, the, the most amazing things about her is that she's such a, she, she's such a like powerhouse of talent. And she once gave us a talk inside HubSpot of how she wrote her own book uh, while working full time and managed to get the whole thing done in three months. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, um, this is insane. Like, that's so cool. Um, and I gave it a shot. Long story short, gave it a shot. And it took me like four, four or five months or so. Um, and I used really, really big fonts. <laughs> and I managed to, to get the book done. Uh, but yeah, I think for us, it just came out of necessity because we thought, you know what? Um, I think we have a cool angle here, which is what happens if B2B companies start thinking like Netflix and start thinking, start creating their own original series, so to speak. Um, everyone knows like, you know, when you watch Netflix and you see that, ta -dun, and then you hear like a Netflix, you see that a Netflix original series. What if, you know, um, what if you could have like, I don't know, um, um, you know, a HubSpot original series or a LinkedIn original series or uh, whatever, a Dunkin' Donuts original series, you know, and, and really shift the playing field so that everyone is creating their own shows because people are in the, in the mood for for uh, binge watching content, why can't they binge watch your own content as well? Um, and so we just felt that, you know, this book should come out. It, it came out of necessity that we just wanted to be the thought, try our best to be the thought leaders in, in this space. And so the book is called Original Series as well to talk to people about, hey, like, how cool would it be if you created your own like Netflix style show? And by the way, it's free to, to get started, you know? Um, so yeah, that's where it came from. Brilliant. I think also, I think a book especially is a, is a great business card. I think hundred uh, percent. Yeah. It's one of the things it's, it's an expensive business card because um, all my Amazon sales, like it's basically me just buying the book for other people. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Have you seen my book? Have you seen my book? <laughs> also, um, I was actually speaking a book. I was at a, um, sort of seminar there probably around 12 months ago. And, uh, I thought this was a pretty genius piece of marketing. Uh, the person talking had a book and was at the back 
but he gave away a free copy during the he was talking and presenting and at some stage he asked a question and happened to be the person at the back of the audience he picked their hand and they got the question right and i thought it was genius piece of marketing he had the book at the front and he gave it to the first member of the audience and they handed it back probably 15 rows 20 rows how many rows it was but like oh, that's 20 people handled that book got to see the cover physically touched it it was a nice cover yeah. and I was like that was done for a reason he didn't yeah, that's the person up to the front he didn't run down the back to give to him he handed to the person in the front row and i was like that is marketing genius then at the end what is people doing people are queuing up to buy the book off him. wow there you go. see tom that's what you and i need to do yeah 100 it's just something so small but uh there was you could see the tactic he was using and i applauded it's brilliant and yeah. uh, i suppose cream with all the guests i run through kind of a quick fire round now it doesn't need to be quick but after getting a really good idea of your journey your background where you're at today when i talk about success or you talk about success what does success mean to you uh let's see kind of a big question now but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Because um, I know it's different for everybody. Yeah, ultimately, it's just just having like a sense of meaning in, in what you do. It's not about money or none of that. It's about having a sense of meaning in, in what you do and a sense of, uh, a strong sense of purpose, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, and, and, and that's, that's, that's ultimately it. Like, we're not like some, you know, insanely huge, like, company or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm making uh, a lot less than what I used to make in, in HubSpot. But if you ask me, I, 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 you know, and I don't mean to sound like uh, like cocky or whatever, but I, I feel like I feel like the day I quit my job, I was a success because it's like right, like we, you're you're finally doing something that is aligned with with you know what what gives you meaning. So that that's ultimately what it is, and then everything else kind of comes in with that, along with that. And Kareem, when you we asked our guests about regrets. Do you have any regrets or what would be your perspective on regrets? Yeah. Um, it's a really, um, it's a really good point. Um, I, thankfully I, uh, I don't have, I don't have any regrets. I think my, my perspective on it is that everything, um, you know, again, it's something corny that I tell myself, but you know, it, it, it matters to me. So hopefully it could, could help someone else, but, I just feel that anything that happens is always good for a reason, but it's always your job to find out what that reason is. Um, you know, I was working for a company where, um, you know, where I tried to apply for a job internally and they said, this job is, uh, you are so underqualified for this job. This job is technically three levels above your job. And I, and I didn't even know what that meant, like three levels above, uh, especially when I had already built a relationship with the hiring managers. And they said, oh yeah, you know, we'll see you in the interview process um you know and the recruiter said oh well it's just so much higher than your level and i said and i said okay well let me set the interview and let them uh fail me in the interview but let me at least go through that experience and um like i understand that their hands were tied as well but long story short i just felt like you know this was a terrible thing can't possibly think why this could be a good thing um only to realize a couple of months later that i got the opportunity with uh yeah with you know with with the other with hubspot basically and uh and yeah, like some, sometimes you don't see why something is good right away. Um, and so you shouldn't regret putting in the effort to do something or, 
or or you know um, you, should, you should never regret trying something because it, it made you the person that you are today I say I would I would say that yeah absolutely and Kareem what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten uh, the best piece of advice um, not on the spot question but uh... yeah um, I think I, I, would, I don't know if this is the best piece of advice that I got, but it's definitely one of the most impactful ones, which is um, try your best to help other people, especially when they're not in a position to, to help you back. Because that's when people, um, you know, that's when people are 100% sure that you genuinely wanted to do something as opposed to like, hey, Tom, I'm going to do this thing for you. And hey, can you help me out with this other thing? Um, you know. Which, which I think is fine as well. Like a lot of people, there's an amazing book about this topic that I recommend to everyone called Give and Take uh, by Adam Grant. I don't know if you've come across it before, but it talks about how there's three different types of people, people who are givers, uh, people who are takers, and uh, people who are matchers. And givers, as you might um, uh, imagine, are people who just like to give value to others without necessarily expecting anything in return, especially not expect, expecting anything in return Takers is, are the opposite of that. They're just as nice, but they're just ultimately thinking, right, like, what's in it for me? And then most people who are matchers, who are like, listen, I'm more than happy to help you out because I think you're going to help me back out at one point. There's nothing wrong with matchers, but it's kind of, kind of like the equilibrium. Um, and the book shows you how givers are both the worst performing people in society, but also the best performing people. And that's kind of where the book starts, showing you how you can be like an effective um, uh, giver and so that that was one of the best pieces of ad, pieces of advice I got where I, I try my best to like hustle to help people before they're in a position to help me or even especially when they're never in a position to help me because uh, because that's how I got to where I was today like a lot of people helped me where I couldn't do shit for them essentially so yeah yeah absolutely well just on that it's one of the last questions I've written down there would there be that be your book recommendation or do you have any other book recommendations to anyone listening? Yeah, I would say start with uh, Give and Take Adam, uh, by Adam Grant. And then there's another one called uh, The Obstacle is the Way by uh, Ryan Holiday. Uh, you probably read, did you read that? Yeah, I read Ryan Holiday, yeah. Obstacle From, yeah, that's an, an insane book, as, as you know, um, because, yeah, it, it, it's just an amazing book. It, you know, I don't want to burn it, so I'll just leave it at that. Those two books, like, are not even in my top five. They're, like, in my top three. <laughs> And last couple of things, Kareem, where, um, is there any apps or journals or diaries that you use daily that you recommend to anyone that help you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I just use, um, I use uh, just Evernote and then I use something called zenpen.io, which is just like a web-based thing. Like you just open up Google Chrome and you type in zenpen and it's just like, um, it's just like a minimalist kind of like note taking thing. And then every day I just start off the day by saying, um, okay, today is Thursday. Um, this is what, this is what's on my mind for Thursday. Uh, goals, concerns, um, you know, um, ideas, so on and so forth. And it's just a nice kind of one pager to kind of, you know, dump everything that's in your mind so that you can get back to what you need to do. Brilliant. Really sounds good. I'll have to try it out. And Graeme, listen, I want to say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, where can people find you or stay connected with yourself? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I think, yeah, just like on LinkedIn, Kareem Mustafa, LinkedIn, if they just Google that, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll come up. Um, and yeah, if, if they want to know more about like what we do, so the company uh, that I'm running right now uh, is called Tribe Tactics. 
and uh, yeah, tribe tactics. You can Google that as well. Um, but yeah, like on the back of like what we were talking about, if any of what any of the ideas we discussed today resonated with anyone, I'd be more than happy to connect with them and see if I could connect them with anyone in my network or help out in any way. Brilliant. I appreciate it. Well, listen, it's, as I say, I repeat myself again, but thank you so much for all your insights and listening about your journey. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Take care.